Coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Key, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I speak with the CEO of Spartan Body Armor, do another live review, and debate the difference between sports and games. I just want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. If you like the content we're creating, we'd appreciate it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review as well as a comment. And you know how we do this thing. I cannot start this thing. I cannot get a guest here until we introduce the big man. As always, across the table, Big Keith is in the house. Big Keith, how we doing? Man, that was getting that was good. Last couple have been a little flat, but you got a little excited on that one. I did. I Surprised did. Surprised me. Made me smile. Was there a little bit of sizzle on the steak? A little bit of sizzle on the steak. All right. All right. All right. How's uh, I see uh, on my walk up here, like getting landscaping done, looking good out there. I am. I cannot uh, be a media mogul and do my own landscaping. <laughs> <laughs> not not something I can take on. I your wife doesn't do it. Mine used to do it all. The you time. know, last year she did, and then she was like, "Go hire someone." <laughs> get one year. <laughs> yeah, she got. I got one out of her. That's it. So, um, you want to get right into this thing? We Let's have a real it. beefy show here. Yep. So, before we get things uh, cooking here, we do have a special guest host tonight. With us tonight is Frank from Walk Hill River Small Arms. Frank, how are we doing? Pretty good tonight. We're doing good. Awesome. Do you want to just really quick uh, what is, tell us a little bit about your shop and uh, what's going on with that? So just basic uh, small town gun shop. We do a little bit of everything from service. Uh, we sell firearms, ammo, gunsmithing. I'm a competitive shooter. Uh, so kind of specialize in that, all different disciplines and uh, just a little bit of everything. You know, although it's hard to have guns or ammo this year. So <laughs> you take one or the other. You can't get it all. <laughs> very, very true. Yeah. Um, I've been to the shop. It's a nice little shop. And if you're in the uh, Hudson Valley region, uh, make sure you stop on by. All right. So let's get this thing going. Our guest tonight is the CEO of Spartan Armor Systems, a body armor company that prides itself on providing quality threat protection at an affordable price made right here in the USA. Please welcome Todd Meeks to the show. Hey, Mike, how are you doing today? Good. How are we doing? I'm doing great. You know, I'm, I'm here in Arizona, uh, summertime, so it's getting a little hot. But uh, other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm in the AC, so we're all good. Awesome. It's, it's a dry heat, though, right? It's a dry heat. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a dry heat. So if you, just, if you just stay out of it, you'll be fine. Everything's done in the mornings these days around here. Listen, I don't care if it's dry or wet. I don't like heat. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. You get used to it. I don't like cold, but you know, the older you get, the the thinner your blood gets, I guess, and the 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 heat works for you. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, Big Keith is built kind of like a polar bear. He likes the cold, but you know, <laughs> you're like the cold. You've been losing some lbs, though, man. I, I have been losing some pounds. It still doesn't stop me from sweating, though. I can't. Uh, that still happens on a regular basis. I peel an orange and I sweat. <laughs> All right. So, Todd, let's get this thing going. So. Just a little uh, history for our listeners. So you took over Spartan Armor Systems back in 2015 uh, from a Border Patrol employee who uh, was having trouble sort of juggling the company and his day job. And your first order of business once you took over was to sort of tighten up customer service. Tell us why that was so important to you and what is your customer service policy? What, why do you, uh, you know, what do you guys do that's so special with that? Um, you know, back then, five and a half years ago, it was just to answer the call with a live person. Um, you know, this guy did not have a customer service team, everything funneled to his voicemail. Um, <laughs> and you guys know, you know, if you work with smaller 
companies within the the tactical industry, a lot of the times those guys are doing it as a side gig and yeah. it's hard to get a hold of anybody. Uh, so the first thing that we did is we brought a you know customer service rep on board that was there, you know from 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. Uh, just taking calls. Um, we trained them, you know, definitely got them up to speed. Um, and then uh, that was the biggest thing. Uh, you know, initially I took all the calls for the first month, and uh, um, it was just uh, overwhelming. And uh, it's amazing when you when you actually pick up the phone and and you get somebody to respond to you quickly and you know knows what they're talking about um things just kind of uh, snowballed from there yeah i have to say i mean i i hate when i call a company and i get like the the robot you know what i mean like if there's something nice i don't know if it's nostalgia because i'm getting old but like it's nice to actually you know get a person so that that's definitely nice and um i know when i talked to you initially i think it was like one of our first interactions i had asked you a question about um customer service and one of the things you said is we're just always going to try and make it right which I think is like a nice kind of way to, to conduct business. So. Exactly. I mean, you know, that, that's our goal is to, uh, if somebody has uh, an issue with, with one of our products, um, you know, we make it good. Um, we train our customer associates uh, um, in everything, body armor uh, between the levels of body armors and our specific products, uh, how it's made. Uh, we even, you know, our, our employees get 50% off uh, of a, all of our armor and products. And so that allows them to, to buy it, uh, economically and, uh, use it and test it. And, uh, you know, right. I bet you 80% of my employees and I've got about 35 right now. Ho- um, hopefully they're not testing on each other. No, <laughs> they, they have not done that yet, but <laughs> there, there are those in the industry that every once in a while you'll, you'll see somebody shoot, shoot themselves or shoot somebody else. Oh my God. Is, I mean, that's just that's it's crazy. It's just crazy. Do you know how many people I said, like we were testing butter and I cannot tell you how many people are like, wait, you shot yourself? And I'm like, (laughs) it really was surprisingly the first answer. A lot of people. More than one. (laughs) More than one. More than one. I told my my father tonight, actually, he was like, oh, are you podcasting? He said, "Uh, who's your guest? And I told him and I said, oh, we actually tested. And he goes, wait, you shot yourself? And I'm like, I'm like, man. (laughs) We were pretty. I I get that, that answer all the time. I actually had a marketing company come to me and say, hey, I'm going to have you, you know, shoot this guy, you know, and they were going to use this guy as a sacrificial lamb, you know, you know, I know it would pass, you know, for what they wanted to shoot. But it's like, I just don't think that goes over very well, well in America. I mean, it would just draw so much negative. I think it's not necessary. It's not necessary. We're, we're a civilized country. We, we have data machines that record things that can prove that this is okay. Let's not do it. Uh, Todd, did you, did you grow up around firearms? You know, I did. Um, my stepfather uh, introduced me to firearms when I was, uh, gosh, it had to be 13, 14 years old when I was a teenager. Uh, initially, it was just uh, clay shooting, pigeon shooting, and he was a big hunter. Yeah, that's my kind of uh, guy. Even Ducks Unlimited. So he used to go to these, uh, you know, high dollar clubs. He had some friends that that, that had done well in life. And so uh, never got to go on one of these, uh, shooting, you know, shooting $25,000 shotguns and having a blast exactly exactly never never got to get to that point but that was kind of my introductions to guns and then it kind of subsided there for a while when i went went away to college and stuff like that and then uh when i when i got into this business i i I wasn't really into 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 guns um and uh i i saw it as a business opportunity in in a field i thought was intriguing and and uh we were able to kind of uh 
you know, backtrack into a number and, and some of our competitors at the time were doing extremely well. And I'm like, you know, you got a great brand, you got it, you know, you got a great product and, uh, you know, I think we could expand on this and, uh, take a run at it. Yeah. I mean, when we were testing, I right away when, after we got done with that, I was impressed with the idea of using, you know, rhino liner to coat the outside of the plates. And, uh, I, I thought right away it was bed, bed liner as soon as I got my hands on it. And then I, you know, started doing some research and uh, realizing that that was how that started with Jeremy, the original founder. Do you know, you know, do you know what was the story behind him thinking of that idea to put spray on bedliner around these, you know, these plates? You know, um, my, you know, from what Jeremy told me, he was bantering back and forth uh, with a, another person that happened to be looking at getting in the body armor space and they were on a gun forum and they were bantering back and forth, you know, using rhino linings or linex or, you know, some type of version of this. It's a polyurea coating is what it's called. Um, yeah. and, and that person actually act, owns the, the largest, my, my biggest competitor. <laughs> um, you know, so they got started about the same time. Whereas, uh, uh, my largest competitor quit his job and focused on the business back in 2012 for full time where Jeremy kept it as a side gig, um, you know, up until, you know, he had it for three years up until he sold it. So um, they were just, you know, they were just on a gun forum and talking about using AR plate um, as a form of body armor and what the downsides were and how to mitigate that, that the fragments and the spalling. And from my understanding, that's what, that's where the coding, um, discussion came into place. It's, it's really a great idea. I mean, I, I owned a, a business that had a spray on uh, bedliner side of it. And, uh, I was always really impressed in how versatile it was. I started doing things like bedlining, you know, body parts for Jeeps, like rock car crawlers and stuff like I've that. And that, they, yeah. they held up really, really well. So it was a great idea. And I was just, you know, I was kind of really impressed by it. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, my former partner, um, that's, he had a rhino lining fran franchise. Um, and they actually, what they found was the rhino linings was a little too hard because mm. the, the linings there, you know, initially was, you know, formulated to protect the truck, you know, truck inside truck beds. Um, and so, you know, you need a little more elasticity, yep. um, a little more elastic, um, flex, you know, when those fragments are ricocheting off that plate, um, to contain those fragments so that they played, played around with some different formulations and they were finally able to kind of re reformulate in a way, um, with the manufacturer to, uh, um, you know, find one that worked really well for, it, it you know, feels more use. rubberized. Well, I was going to say the company that I used, I don't know, uh, Todd, if you ever heard of it was, is Vortex is the, is the breadliner company that I used and they had, it was more, more like this, more, more rubbery, a little more squishy, but it held up just as well. It would get hard over time, you know, like as, right, as, right, as time right. went on, but it was still pretty impressive either way. Yeah, no, it's a, it, you know, it, it's worked out well and, and, you know, we're always looking to, to try different things and improve different things. And, uh, you know, the, the steel kind of got us where we're at right now. And, and, uh, you know, right now the biggest thing in body armor is, uh, you know, to lighten the weight, you know, strengthen, strengthen the plate and, uh, you know, increase, uh, you know, the stopping power, um, of those rounds, you know, Todd, so, uh, uh, Frank, Frank had something for you. Uh, how thick is the yeah, coating, Todd? Did you guys mess around with, with different thicknesses and test different thicknesses? We, we did. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, so with, we always recommend the customers get our buildup code, you know, cause a lot of companies out there, um, will just sell a, a base coat, which is kind of a, just a one or two passes over the plate. Um, it has no, um, you know, fragmentation protection, um, but it will, you know, keep the, the steel from rusting. Um, and so it's, it's a, it's a cheaper process because you don't have to use as much, uh, you know, chemical on the plate. Um, so we tested, you know, different passes cause the, you know, it, um, and buildups. So, you know, whether, and we found just under a quarter inch is, is kind of optimum for us because of, you know, an eighth of an inch was, was too little and, you know, even over a quarter of an inch was too much. And so, um, you know, there's, there's kind of, there was a fine, um, line that we found that, that, that worked, you know, best for us. You said a quarter inch wasn't enough and there was definitely a joke there that I missed. <laughs> it was coming. <laughs> I said, I said, we can't do that to Todd so early. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's what she said. Not this early on. Right. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to educate myself on this a little more, but you know, obviously the listeners as well. So you sell soft armor, steel core armor and ceramic or composite armor. Can you give us a quick education on the difference between them as well as kind of the pros and cons of the different armor types and what you might use them for? Right. Yeah, sure. Um, currently there's, there's four levels of body armor that's, uh, you know, managed by the, uh, NIJ. Um, and there, there's level two body armor and level two body armor is historically, uh, Kevlar type material or, uh, ultra high molecular weight polyethylene material layers. Um, and that will pretty much stop uh, nine millimeter rounds. Um, the next level up from that is a level three armor. And level three is probably a little more layers uh, of either Kevlar or this uh, poly, um, polyethylene material. Um, and that will, will stop 44 Magnum 357 and any lesser threats. Um, and that's what most police officers wear. Um, you know, there's a million police officers out there. Um, they're, they're usually wearing level three, a sometimes level two, it just depends on, you know, their, their area and what threats that they see in their local neighborhoods. But level three A is, is usually the common, um, um, you know, level that most police officers wear, um, since we've had a lot more active shooter situations over the last five to 10 years, that um, level three body armor um, will stop, uh, you know, 7.62 by 39 uh, M80 ball, um, you know, and all the AK, AK rounds, M855, um, you know, those types of rounds. Uh, level three body armor is historically our steel plates, which is either a 500 or 550. Um, even 650, um, or it could be our, we have a product called the, our Elephros plates, which is all polyethylene plates, about an inch thick, 3.2 pounds of plate. Um, price point's a little higher, but it, it gives it that same stopping power. Um, and then you move up to a level four plate. Can I, level can I stop four. you real quick, Todd? Just two things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I want to just ask this question because uh, you've told me, but I want to kind of ask you out loud on the air. So NIJ only recognizes level three, not three plus, correct? Correct. So correct. if the level three plus is a, has been created by manufacturers within the body armor industry that stating, hey, it's a it's a level three plate, but it will also defeat 
you know, higher level threats, um, you know, and M855 would be one of those threats okay. um, where it, 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 it normally level three, a level three plate will not defeat an M855. So when you see the level three plus, um, it's just a, it will defeat those level three th- threats along with, you know, some more specialty rounds. Okay. So what was it? So you were, you talked about the polyethylene and then there's, you have one more, I think, correct? Yeah. Level four plates, um, level four plates, um, um, are ceramic, uh, and ceramic with a composite backer on it. Um, and you need that ceramic, um, to break down, um, that M2 AP round. So it's an armor piercing round and you, and it's a, you know, that's what the military uses. And, and so what the ceramic does is it, it breaks around down into the fragments and then the, the composite backing will catch the rounds kind of as a, a, as a, you know, almost like a, you know, catcher's mitt, you know? And so, um, the, the ceramic and the polyethylene plates stop the bullet differently than a steel plate with steel. The, the, the round is ricocheting off the steel. Whereas with polyethylene and ceramic plates, the round is going through, but it's slowing, slowing the round down and stopping it within the plate itself. And the steel is better at taking multiple hits where the ceramic, and I assume the polyethylene is not as good as taking multiple hits. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. You could probably historically get two or three hits with most ceramics, depending how it's, how it's formed. Um, and, but the NIJ certification it, for ceramics level four plates is just one shot. It just has to defeat one M2 AP round. Okay. Gotcha. So Todd, what's harder on armor, uh, energy or velocity? So in other words, a big old honking slow bullet or, or something small zipping through. Yeah, speed kill. So five, five, six going at a, you know, thirty one hundred, thirty two hundred feet per second. Um, that's tricky, tricky for body armor, especially the poly polyethylene plates. Um, so speed speed kills. You know, the slower the round, um, most body armor can handle. But you know, when you get it moving pretty quick, you know, depending on the length of the barrel, you know, when you get up to a twenty or twenty two inch barrel, you know, to increase that velocity of the bullet, um, it will. Uh, you know, you could have some path throughs, path throughs then. Uh, Todd, you, I read a couple of articles that you, uh, uh, were quoted as, as talking about the driving, one of the driving factors in increasing in your sales over the last year was the pandemic. And then the other uh, big driver was defunding the police movement. Do you happen to know, um, if your newest customers are gun owners or are they just individuals who are looking for individual body armor? Like, you know, are, are they new gun owners even, or are they just, just looking for the body armor? You know, um, I think body armor now has fallen into the arena where gun owners will, will buy body armor. Um, I know we did have a certain amount of customers that, um, would buy body armor because they thought it was kind of a, an easier option because it's protection um, instead of having guns and body armor. We cater to to gun owners and law enforcement and we su- support the police. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we, you know, we did have um, some people that were protesting against the police and they were wearing our vests. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And so it, it was frustrating you know, because because we had some of those those people that didn't 
like some of the things that we were writing in our blogs and stuff like that. And they were calling us out and complaining about, you know, you guys shouldn't be, you know, so conservative, because, you know, we're here wearing your, your, your vest and protesting in Portland. And I'm like, you know, it's just a little frustration, but um, I think they, they moved on to. That's interesting that you're talking about that. That's not something, you know, again, I, I you know, you kind of get lost in your own your own personal opinion. I I didn't think about that, but you're really on both sides of this equation here. We had some guys call up. And he's like, I was going to refer you to my friends in Portland, and you know, and uh, you know the the you know, and and I'm like, you know, yeah. We had some people cancel their orders and and return their stuff because um, they didn't like you know our conservative lean. For the record, you return their money. We return their money. Excellent. Good for you. Good for you. So I, I, I have a question here, but I want to circle back to something. Frank had asked the question, and I forget exactly how you worded it. What was it? Was only like velo- five, velocity it was like five versus minutes ago. Energy or velocity? Energy right? or velocity. Yeah. So my question is: we we tested the steel plates, and you're going to the live review? No, no, I'm not going there yet. Okay. My my question is this: I know you sell a product that is, um, it's like a padding that goes behind the plates. Oh yeah, we did talk about this. Okay. Can you explain to me, I know it's not just comfort. Um, can you explain to me what that does ballistically and tactically for the wearer? Right. So, so one of the metrics that the, the NIJ has when they test body armor is if they call it back face deformation and, uh, any, any body armor that exceeds 44 millimeters in back face deformation fails their test. And so, uh, what that back face deformation will do, it could cause internal bleeding, it could cause broken ribs. And it's basically a, that big bulge that the round creates as it goes through the, those polyethylene or those ceramic plates. Um, so we have a product called the Trauma Pad, um, which is a, a specialized foam that mitigates that energy. So it, when you have one of those Trauma Pads behind one of our plates, whether it's steel composite or ceramic, we found that it reduces, um, that energy. It dissipates that energy, um, anywhere from 20 to 30%. Um, and so, you know, the, the injuries from that round are going to be lessened if you have that trauma pad, um, you know, behind the plates, um, steel, not so much because steel doesn't, um, create a lot of back face deformation. Um, just because it is heavier and and it's a hard product, but when you have a lighter product, the polyethylene plates, ceramic plates, um, that's where you really need those, those trauma pads to, to, to offset that energy. So Todd, 44 millimeters to me, that was like, we were all kind of looking at each other. Like that's really, that's we, like, we don't do metric. Yeah. That's, well, that too, I, was thinking, I was like, wait, 44. It's probably, I go, wait, it's, it's actually, of an you inch. can't measure it. It's, it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> I go, I shoot 45. So it's gotta be close to that. <laughs> it's like, it's a little more than four, nine millimeter rounds stacked next to each other. Yeah. But right, what, right. so a quarter of an inch, is that enough to like cause internal bleeding or what's the, is there yeah, a metric for that? So anything over 44 millimeters, um, you know, depending on your, your body type, uh, you know, I'm, you, I'm squishy like a marshmallow, you know, but yeah, they, they've found that, you know, you may have some internal bleeding and broken ribs, uh, if it exceeds that. And that's why, okay. you know, a lot of these body armor companies will just 
not get their plates certified and not have have them tested at NIJ certified labs and they'll just throw them out there and they'll stop bullets. But, you know, you could you could get plates that are, you know, the, the back face deformation is 60, 70, 80, you know, millimeters and it it's going through half your body mass and you're going to just get punished that way. Um, so, you know, that's why we really, you know, we use certified labs to test our body armor. Um, you know, we do take it out to the range and we, we shoot plates. We did that today with our a new ceramic plate that we have coming out called the Hercules. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just need validation because, you know, these are people's lives and, um, you know, it just adds to our credibility of what we're doing. Yeah, I, res- I respect that. So that's great. But so we recently uh, here in New York um, had a bill proposed. It's Bill A8538. And it was actually from one of our local legislators, real champ. Yep. Um, trying to ban body armor. Now, I do believe that this bill, when they say body armor, they're talking about soft body armor. That's what they're defining body armor as. I don't know that for a fact, but I. That's the way th- you read it. That's what I, the way I read it. Um, which is still bullshit. Right. Um, have you seen bills like this before in other states? And has there been any states that have been successful in banning body armor? And what do you guys think of this? I mean, like, what is, is there, do you think things like this will pass? Just your opinion on it. Yeah, no, you know, I've, I've heard about it before. And to be honest with you, when I bought the company, that was one of the things, one of the dynamics that I had to think about um, before I bought it. Because, you know, I'm like, what's going to happen if they, they ban body armor, they regulate body armor. And that was a question that I asked Jeremy, the founder of Spartan Armor Systems. And uh, he, he, he just kind of played it off. He's like, oh, you'll have so much, you, you'll have so many sales before it actually goes into effect. It'll just pay for itself, you know? And that's what he was just saying. But um, we've had it, it's, you know, body armor is kind of a passive type product. I mean, it, it, it can't hurt anybody. I mean, <laughs> you're just wearing it. and. And the people that wear it, you know, are, you know, legislators wear it. I mean, it was amazing. We had. (laughs) That's why they don't want us to have it. Exactly. Then we can't have it. (laughs) Yeah. After the U.S. Capitol event, I had I bet you I had a dozen uh, different um, congressmen and senators uh, offices reach out to obtain body armor from us. And I was like, you got to be kidding me because they wanted it quick. They wanted it fast. They didn't want to go through the normal bidding channels. Um, and so we supplied, you know, our congressmen and, and legislators body armor, and we have state legislators that, that, that use body armor. Um, so, you know, I think hopefully, you know, it won't get to that point. Um, cause it would just be another, you know, law, another regulation. Um, but, you know, obviously we're against it, um, just because, you know, body armor on its own can't stand for self, um, you know, there are heightened laws if you use body armor and you're committing a crime. Um, Connecticut's the only state right now that we can't ship to. Uh, we can't ship body armor into Connecticut. We actually have to have uh, a dealer, dealers in Connecticut, and you have to buy body armor face-to-face from that dealer. Um, but there may be laws, you know, down the road that that are more like, you know, what Connecticut's doing, where you have to buy body armor face-to-face with a you know, a retail shop. And, you know, that's, you know, that's a place we have a dealer network, so um, it would be no problem for us, but, you know, it's just another roadblock that, you know, some legislators are, are throwing in, um, you know, into our industry right now. 
So two things, Todd. It is 50 state legal. And then also you and I are going to have to talk about the de- uh, the dealer thing. Um, I want to get some of this in my shop. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I uh, So yes, in, in all 50 states, it is legal. Um, and, you know, the nice thing, we do have a lot of dealers. You can't, just like you said, you can't get guns, you can't get ammos. Um, but right now I could get you body armor within a couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, um, so definitely we'll, we'll have to get together and make that happen. Very cool. Todd, you, uh, we talked about, you know, pandemic increasing sales and, and these, uh, onslaught of, uh, legislation. Have you had any supply chain issues, um, or do you see any on the horizon? So we did. So uh, a couple things. We we had an issue with steel um, during during the pandemic. Uh, started right right about this time last year. Um, you know, just because you know the our volume increased, gosh, three and a half times. You know, from 2019. So it was a it was a big jump. Um, we were able to secure enough steel. We we actually got ahead of the curve um, in that case. Um, so we were able to maintain, we just couldn't make it fast enough. Um, because, you know, at the time I think we had 16 employees and we ramped up to about 45 employees during 2020. Um, so, you know, at one point in time we had a 10 to 12 week lead time, which, you know, before it was a week lead time. So it really, uh, you know, threw, threw a wrench in things, but steel was a problem. Um, we recently actually had a problem with obtaining the coating, um, with uh, the the freezing temperatures in Texas and and, and the refineries shutting down uh, for a few weeks in Texas, um, that um, uh, petroleum that's that's used within that poly uh, polyurea coating, we couldn't get because the factories got shut down. And so again, we got lucky and we loaded up on that chemical more than we ever had. And, and we made it through, but, you know, I know our competitors up North, um, they actually stopped selling that full coat product and they were just offering base coat products, um, you know, for about four to six weeks. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, this coding is, is this a, like, is this your own proprietary formula with with the company or can other do other body armor companies use the same yeah coating? no it, it's our own pri- proprietary coating so uh we we have a, a manufacturer out of california that, that formulates it especially for us and what was what was your standards for you know figuring out what what you wanted to do what what was the you know the parameters yeah you know it was um just you know it was all based on the, the full coat Again, because the full coat is what contains. Is it the, a dip or is it a spray? Do you like dip the plates in it or do you spray it? No, it's sprayed. It's spray, it, it, we do. There's there's a certain way that we lay the plates down, and there's a certain number of passes, um, and then there's a certain thing that we do to the plates themselves, the steel plates, so that coating um, adheres um, really good to those plates. Um, so uh, by doing all those three different things. Um, you know, it was just containing the fragments because you could, some of the coatings that we use when we were testing, it was just too hard, you know, just like we discussed before where the fragments would just blow out chunks of the coating. Um, and that still happens with our coating sometimes, but we, what we like to see is to have that round coating under, you know, that fragment contained within the coating still stuck to the plate. Um, and so you know, it was just the, 
it was just the the formulation that worked best to contain those coatings um, after after all the testing that we had done. So Todd, we uh, we heard you mention NIJ certification before, and I want to point something out. Um, I actually own a, a a set of body armor from a from a competitor, um, and Keith Keith, Keith's one. I knew. How I knew dare it. you? I knew. It. <laughs> I was I was looking at his face, but like he wants to make that joke right now. Anyway, um, and I've you know I've read up a little bit, and after purchasing these plates, I found out that when they say you know meets uh, NIJ certification or was tested at NIJ that it turns out that they're not always NIJ certified they've just done the testing that you would have to do for NIJ certification you guys are actually NIJ certified correct correct it's it's a completely different process so no i know i no. i i so i want to just say for people listening that be careful because there's yeah. a difference between being actually certified and going through the process or doing the testing, you know, independently tested or whatever. So with that, you mean s- I should research stuff before <laughs> I decide to? Yeah, no, we should just shoot Mike stuff. Yeah, Let's get rid of that crap. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there's a there's a kind of a seal of approval, the NIJ certification, and it's a set logo that that you get to put on the back of your plate that shows that you're NIJ certified, and and all the law enforcement, most of the the fire departments. Um, EMTs, um, historically, they know to look f- to make sure that the you know their body armor is NIJ certified. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they. So Todd, can can you explain what the certification is and the requirements that you have to meet to get certified? I mean, just the you know the dime store version of that. Yeah, no, no. Um, I'll do I'll do it really quick. Um, so um, the first thing is you you have to fill out you know an application and you have to break down exactly you know, where your steel comes from, what steel mill, um, you have to submit MSD forms for the chemical, um, and how it's, it's, uh, chemically made up. Um, and then you have to send 16 plates to an NIJ lab and then they, they do it. They do their testing of all 16 plates and the, and the temperature within the lab has to be a certain temperature. The clay that they use on the backing when they do the testing has to be even the clay has to be a certain temperature and, and, uh, and rolled a certain way. Um, they do some submersion testing where they, they submerge it in water for, you know, I, I think two to three days, depending on um, the body armor itself. Um, and so once you've gone through that, um, you know, there's uh, it, it usually takes six to, to 12 months to get a plate NIJ certified. And, and the cost is anywhere from usually fifteen to $20,000. Um, so I just want to point out that this is a much more intensive process than me and Keith taking out going, well, it says in the book that NIJ shoots in this. Yeah. Specific, yeah it's, I mean, I, I just assumed that they use jelly donuts because we're all just big jelly donuts. <laughs> and if it goes through the jelly donut, it's not going to work. Right? Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's a little more involved. And actually, every year we get audited. So they, they call it a fit test. And, Frank, you know about that. And so, <laughs> <Every day>. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they actually come and they take, you know, two to four plates off of our shelf and then they send them up to get tested and it goes through the same testing that it did the first time. And that happens every year. Um, so you pay to be audited. That's, that's a novel idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, only in America, <laughs> you know, but, but it is, you know, it's a way to validate, you know, again, what you're doing. Uh, some of our competition doesn't do it. You know, they say that they don't want to go through the expanse. Um, 
you know, but a lot of times is, you know, they don't want the government involved in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. Um, but you know, I mean, listen, if they're putting it on themselves and testing it, like we were talking earlier, I, I, I can say they don't have to get the NIJ. I mean, if, if they put a video of themselves shooting themselves on it, I guess then that's just as good. Right. <laughs> Still crazy. Yeah, I don't know why we would yeah, do that. I don't know about that. I mean, all the big players in the industry, um, you know, they get things NIJ certified, whether it's point blank, armor express, uh, KDH armor, all the big players that are, that are providing large law enforcement agency out there, you know, they're doing that. And so they, they have to be doing something right. And, and the process isn't that difficult to do, um, uh, to get through. And then you kind of, you know, you're telling your customers then, Hey, we we've gone through the, the highest standards that are out there to get you, you know, a comparable plate to what law enforcement and the military is wearing. And, you know, and there's credibility with that. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, you're not just buying a plate from China that, you know, is used with, you know, some counterfeit polyethylene that they've, you know, knocked off of, you know, American manufacturers that's been sitting there in the warehouse for 10 years and is, is good for six months, but then it degrades and it's not good after two or three years, but you don't know it and you're still wearing this body armor. So it's a, uh, you know, you have to do some research, you know, when you, you know, when you're, when you're buying body armor, especially if you're going to use a day to day. Yeah. You definitely want to look for that seal approval and make sure you're getting quality stuff. So, so Todd, listen, uh, I really appreciate all that information. Um, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll get into the product a little more in the next segment, but where can people find you? You know, if they're looking to, uh, to purchase body armor, um, where's all the places they can look you guys up? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we are at spartanarmor.com or spartanarmorsystems.com. Um, you can find me personally on LinkedIn. Um, my name's Todd Meeks, M-E-E-K-S. Um, we're also on Instagram at Spartan underscore armor. Um, and also on Facebook at Spartan Armor Systems. You know, Spartan Armor Systems there too. Cool. I have all the links in the show notes. So anybody that wants to find them, obviously you can get a nice little shortcut. Uh, so Todd, we have a tradition on the show uh, called Run and Gun. And it is a rapid fire 10 question game where we want you to give us the very first answer that comes to your mind. You game for that? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Here we go. Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? Uh, Desert Eagle. What gun would you buy if money was no object? Oh, man. Um, Say R15. If you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? Um, my dad. Favorite caliber? Uh, 44. Favorite hobby not gun related? Uh, snow skiing. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Invisibility. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Uh, trained. Is it better to be loved or feared? Loved. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Uh, rifle. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse? Um, <laughs> um, Eli Crane. Adam. He's a Navy SEAL that I know. Oh, right, good choice. Go. I had him for a minute there, though. You had yeah, to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah me. But listen, you pick a, you wait, if you're patient to pick a Navy SEAL, I, I think he might need to be a little quicker on your list. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I agree. 
It's time for Top Gear. Let us test it before you invest it. All right, so tonight on Top Gear, we are going to do another one of our live reviews, and of course, this time it will be of Spartan Armor. So we tested the Level 3 Plus AR550 plates. Again, I believe it did say Level 3 on the back of the plate, but you told me that that's because there is no Level 3 for NIJ, or no Level 3 Plus for NIJ, correct, Todd? That is correct, yeah. Okay. So, Keith, you're going to start, start us off and talk about the testing process. Yeah. I mean, first, Todd, I don't know if what we did is covered under warranty, but we might have to talk about that. <laughs> I'll, hook you, I'll hook you up with some level four plates next. So just uh, we'll get those shipped out to you next week because I'm, I'm sure you did some damage to them. Well, what we did was uh, we uh, um, pestered Frank to let us use his range. He was li- nice enough to let us let us uh, use it. And. He had a, a nice little brim set up, berm set up, and we uh, taped. Uh, originally, we wanted to do watermelons, but uh, they were all out at the store, so I ended up with regular melons. But um, we we taped uh, one of the plates um, to um, uh, a melon and uh, three other plates to Frank. What did you call those? Rubber dummies. Rubber dummies. Rubber, yeah, rubber, rubber dummies. Yeah. I didn't know if they had names. There, it's rubberdummies.com, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I mean, literally, did you name them? Not yet. Okay, we might have to do that. Um, and then we taped the other um, three plates to each one of the rubber dummies. We used a 9mm round on a rubber dummy at 7 yards, uh, a 45 round on a melon, on the, um, the melon in a box uh, to test for sprawl, and then a 308 on another rubber dummy at 40 yards, and 556... Five, because I couldn't help myself in that melon box again and uh, at 40 yards though, but I, I had to shoot it twice. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that was basically the testing. Um, you know, we gave a few different looks with a few different uh, popular rounds, I would say. And uh, Frank, give us the rundown. What did we find? So we were pretty blown away uh, that especially the five, five, six up, up close on that melon target stopped it. No problem. Um, there was zero back face deformation, like you talked about before on those steel plates. There was nothing on the back. Um, five, five, six bruised the melon minimally, uh, but no punctures. The anti-spall coating seemed to work. Uh, a couple of them had chunks that blew out, but again, no deformation on the back of the uh, on the back of the plate. It was unclear where the shrapnel went. And Todd, we're hoping you can kind of tell us about that. Um, I feel free right now, yeah, Ty. You yeah. jump right in. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, so if the coating blew out, the shrap metal, it depends on how close to the edges it went. Um, normally, if if you're close, if the round's close to the edge, it will kind of blow out the side. And so um, if not, it's blowing back away from the body. Yeah, so, one was like that. One uh, impact I'm looking at was probably two inches from the edge, and that blew out the side. Okay. Um, yeah. And if you look at the piece that blew out, it looks like the shrapnel went into the piece, like in little fragments. But I and I, I think I feel like I see like a little pieces of copper in there. I'm looking for a jacket. I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. I don't see copper, but I do see it looks almost like um, this is cheesy. But like if you ever saw when you were a kid, those stickers that look like a bullet hole you put on your windows yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it yeah. looks like you could see the middle is a big hole. And then there's little like almost like uh, starburst webbing, webbing, webbing starburst yep. coming off yeah. the side. Right. Um, so is that typical, Todd? Yeah, I mean, that 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 webbing, that starburst, that's what you're going to get with steel when it ricochets off the plate. 
what you'll get if that plate gets shot enough with with enough rounds is that that whole layer of coating will e- uh, eventually delaminate and and will come off um you know because you know it's building up so many fragments and, and it's it's delaminating from the steel plate so a lot of times you'll those fragments will exit, you know, whatever's the closest. And, and usually if it's, if it's close to the edge where it took one of the rounds, it will either, uh, you know, be contained within the coating or sometimes it'll blow out along the side where, where the, the coating is uh, laminated to, to the steel. So if it blows out the chunk, like, like again, we took a, like it's called a silver, do- silver dollar sized piece flew off of it. Right. Does that mean that maybe you wouldn't be as protected as if it had stayed intact? No, because it, it's going it's going away from the body. Um, and also, if usually, you know, everybody you're, you're using a plate carrier within that. And a lot of times that that 500 D Kadura within that plate carrier that that, that you sense. have, that'll, that'll gonna, capture that. That will catch some of that, too. So um, the only fear sometimes is, you know, there, there are some companies out there that are are really aggressively bending their plates too much. Um, and so if you have an edge shot and you're a bigger guy, you, you know, and that, and that plate is aggressively bent. A lot of times those, those fragments may go into, you know, your body um, because of the aggressive bend that they put on it. And so that's why the bend that you see that we have is not that aggressive. Cause what we found is when we, we overbent the plates or, you know, it may be more comfortable to wear. Um, but you know, it's putting, you know, um, those fragments at risk to, to, you know, possibly go in your the bullet will go around go the your body. Yeah. Um, so we talked about shelf life a little bit before, and you said you might grab something off a shelf that's been sitting in China for two or three years and it might already be degrading. Um, why is there a shelf life on these plates? It seems to us like they'll last forever. Yeah, um, the steel will. The, the steel will last forever. Um, the only issue may be the delamination of the polyurea coating um, against the steel. Um, so that that's usually the, the reason why we put a shelf life in there. Um, can I duct tape it when that happens? <laughs> you can absolutely. Uh, your plate, yeah, do whatever you want with it. You could, t- you could drop that thing from a helicopter and then pick it up and put it, in, put it in a carrier and shoot it. And, uh, you know, you're not going to have any issues. Um, well, you know. one of the, one of the plates that we have does a really good job at, uh, being able to visually see what you asked about, um, velocity and, uh, and caliber because the 45 got stuck underneath and you can actually still see the slug, you know, the still, uh, still see it in there or the projectile, whatever you want to call it. And the five, five, six blew it apart. Right. right. Yeah. 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 Um, so on your website, it says that you have a 20 year warranty on steel core armor, but the back of these plates say five year. So could you just explain that with that, what's the deal with that? Yeah. So, so the five year is kind of an industry industry standard in the body armor industry, especially if you're selling to the law enforcement and military um, it's, it's the, the five years is kind of law enforcement agency, fire departments, EMTs, the agencies don't want to have their guys wearing body armor. That's over five years old. It's just one of those things, even though it's steel plates and it'll last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, 
Um, it's just one of those things that, you know, maybe subconsciously um, within the higher ups, it's like, hey, we don't want to give our guys, you know, plates that are, you know, dated from, you know, 2015 and it's, you know, 2020 now or, or whatever. So um, it's it's just kind of a an industry type thing. Um, but if, if you're just using the plates kind of a, as a, you know, um, you know, for for when things go bad um, and, it, and you're not using it in law enforcement or anything like that. I like how he uh, says they're going to last, they're gonna last forever. That, that makes sense, Todd. So here's something with that. It's kind of a feel good thing. Do you guys, do you have any success stories? Do you have any, you want to share with us any good ones? Yeah. Um, we actually had um, a customer of ours that was a border patrol agent uh, here in Tucson, Arizona um, that was out on patrol. And it wasn't uh, Jeremy, was it? No, it wasn't Jeremy. It wasn't Jeremy. Uh, I can't even say his name because this case is still going on. Um, oh, wow. But he was actually out in the desert, you know, just, you know, I don't know, five, 10 miles from the, the Mexico border um, here in Arizona. And he got ambushed and he took six shots, uh, blew off his pinky, took one in his knee, took one in his head, the helmet he is wearing. It was a ballistic helmet, um, took one in his back with him wearing our body armor. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it saved his life. Um, wow. and that's so, awesome. Um, yeah, it, it was crazy his story cause he was out there all by himself. Um, he thinks he got ambushed by two, two, uh, two, it was a hit crew. So, um, some drug kingpin what had sent this hit crew to find guys that were, uh, stealing, uh, drug loads that were coming across the border and so they were trying to find um, the crew that was stealing his loads coming across the border. And they thought this Border Patrol agent who was all blacked out um, was part of this ripoff crew. And uh, and then, Do you know, if those were rifles, what's that? Did, did they have rifles? They had rifles. Yeah, they had rifles. And so, yeah, the case is still open, but he survived. He's, he's, you know, right now, uh, he's, he's getting around, he's fine. Um, but he's had like 30 surgeries so far to kind of repair. You should put that up on the website, man. Yeah, we, we actually interviewed him. So there's a, there's a video that, um, that he did. He, he doesn't get into the detail, um, that, uh, that I, that I'm telling you about, but yeah, he, uh, he actually gave himself an IV cause he was, a like a medic in the, the wow. army. and then he crawled to his truck, which was like two miles away. Um, Jesus. so I mean, that is a man, right? That is a guy. Holy yeah, I'd God. want him to have he, my back. He, he got his, he got his man card on that, man. <laughs> he's just, he's a badass. I think on your website, don't you have like a ticker that talks about like like the number of like success stories or something, right? Yeah, we we have a, a ticker kind of like McDonald's, you know, like five billion yeah. hamburgers. <laughs> billion <sold. served>. so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. What's what's the number, Listen, Todd? I've only had about uh, half a hundred hundred eighty five thousand. Hundred eighty five. Wow. Yeah. So it's a it's you know it's it's a you know a lot of a lot of a lot of people are protecting themselves these days. So. That doesn't. That doesn't count people testing plates like us, does it? No, that, no. Well, hundred eighty, you know, hundred eighty-six thousand with you guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now it's my turn. So I'm going to do the uh, pros and cons. I'm still amazed by the hundred eighty-six thousand. I almost want to like. I that is crazy. That is a high. That's crazy. It, it, that's only your body armor. That is only my body armor. Yeah. Over over the last six years. How. I, Oh, maybe because do you sell it like in foreign countries where they're fighting each other all the time? Wars? All the United States. 
Is it is this is this soldier? Is this soldiers? No, I, I mean there's yeah there, there there's some that are soldiers, but th- this is you know more consumer, more consumer, and uh, law enforcement agencies and rural law enforcement departments, firefighters, EMTs, um, you know, survivalists, preppers. Yeah. Frank, you were asking how many years this tracker has been going, right? Was that you? you said six, right, Todd? Yeah, six, six, about, yeah, about five, six years. Wow, that's amazing. That is amazing. I mean, I honestly would have thought the number was like high at 17,000. You know what I mean? And then I, my jaw about hit the floor. I, I'm sorry, Mike, I couldn't let you go on. I yeah, just I'm, like <laughs> it. It is a really amazing number. It is amazing. Body armor is becoming more mainstream, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we have convenience store workers, um, you know, marijuana dispensary workers that wear body armor. I mean, it's, you know, I honestly did. I honestly did try it on for a little bit. Like I tried to wear it for a couple hours and it was it was hard, you know. I mean, I'm definitely not conditioned for well, it. That's the steel plates to too. A lot, a lot of guys are probably wearing soft armor. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, exactly. <laughs> I, I want to do the pros and cons, but I actually have a funny story. I so Keith just mentioned about wearing it. So when I got it, I was like, I'm just going to wear it around the house. I wore it so, home. Yeah. So he wore it actually from my house to his house in the neighborhood, which is pretty funny. But I'm sitting, I'm sitting in my house wearing it one day. I'm, I'm off in the middle of the day, and I'm walking around, and it. You know, at one point, like, you know, I was just walking around doing my thing. You know, I was just wearing it. And I'm sitting in a chair and just, I don't know what I was doing, reading something or whatever. And the doorbell rings and I look and it's like the like the FedEx guy. And I get up and I like walk over and I open the door. And I never dawned on me that I'm like walking up with body <laughs> armor. And the guy is looking at me all weird. And I'm like, why is this guy? And I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I could conceal it under a sweatshirt. I was like, I can maybe wear this out. I'll try to put it under a sweatshirt. And I was like, no way. This thing looks like I'm wearing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <definitely. laughs> all right. So let's get to this. So I'm going to do the pros and the cons. And normally I would do the pros first. But I'm actually going to do the cons first because there wasn't a whole lot. Um, the only Let me the, guess. You're being picky again. I'm being picky again. I have to be. Uh, two week lead time. I mean, it, it's really Get not better. Todd. That's two not weeks, much. Two more. But is uh, the question is that two weeks for them to be made or two weeks shipped out? Like, what does the two week lead time mean exactly? Yeah. So, so we, you know, pretty much manufacture everything to order, and so um, you know we do inventory some items, um, but it's it's pretty much to be made. So once the order comes in, I mean, it could ship out the same day. Um, but during this last year, it's two weeks right now. It's probably a week. Um, if you just order steel plates, um, the only problem that we're having right now is that trauma pad material again, because of the, the petroleum issue with the, the refineries being shut down, that trauma pad material that we use has been back ordered for four months and, and we burned through all our inventory and actually we're getting into the next week. And so, that lead time is going to come down to, to less than a week here, probably oh. within the next week. <laughs> so uh, awesome. hopefully awesome. That, it, that that will solve that problem. Yeah. Two weeks really is not that bad. I just, it's the only thing I could think of other than, <laughs> I got to find, find, find something other than they are, the ones we have are very heavy. They were 20 pounds and that's without the side plates. But as you and I had talked about uh, after I had tested them, these really are not for the most part to be worn on patrol or th- these are really uh, active shooter plates or home defense plates or 
you know, uh, civil unrest and you got to go somewhere, you know, whatever. But it, they, they are heavy, but for what they're designed for. Listen, you can use them as in-house lifting weights, you know, yeah. do, some, do some reps with them. Definitely some CrossFit, yeah, right? Yeah, hey, the, the Murph Challenge right now, if you guys are into CrossFit, you know, that's going on right now. And they're, they're yeah. wearing these vests with those plates to work out in, man. It's it's crazy. So. I can't even wear them to, the, to answer the door for the FedEx guy. I'm yeah. not doing pull-ups. I, I was going to say, I, t- I think we talked, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, this. I sweat no a little push, too much. No pull-ups, no thanks. I you got know? a breath put my socks on. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's let's get to the pros because I really want to hit these. There's a lot of them, and then and, you know I really like the product. Um, so first off, you guys offer free shipping on all orders, which is amazing. Keith and I have talked extensively how we just love that policy on when companies just do easy. it. Just it's easy, easy. Bill, put it in the price. I'm fine. Yep. Made yeah. in America and 20 year shelf life warranty on your steel core body armor. I think that's awesome. Uh, excellent fit and finish. I always bring this up. It's not necessarily something you have to have, but the pristine, the uh, anti-spoil coating was pristine, and I love that it, you have the Spartan helmet on. Yeah, it, it really is slick. It, like, again, it's not going to make a difference in saving your life, and no one's going to see it because it's under the carrier, but I just think it's it cool. It looks cool. Yeah. It looks cool. And it's yeah. a nice little touch. So pristine, yes, yeah, pristine, pristine uh, finish on these things. Uh, I love that it's NIJ certified great peace of mind like you were saying it just gives you that sort of like you you got you know someone's got your back and i do want to point out again that just because someone says that they tested it to those specs doesn't mean it's certified so i appreciate that you guys are going the extra mile um this one blew me away i compared it to your your very local competitor and i also own one of their products as i had mentioned earlier and I went apples to apples. I mean, as close as I can, because obviously there's slight differences from one company to another, but I mean, really close. You guys came in $450 out the door, tax, obviously free shipping, everything. Them, when you added in their shipping, because they do not have free shipping, $644. Let me say that again. 450 versus $644. I was blown. Such a deal. Blown away. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, they do is they start um, with a baseline flat plate, you know, and that's one thing that they do. So they sell a lot of flat plates, but when you're wearing steel body armor, the last thing you really want to wear is a flat plate. So we don't even offer it. It it is, you think steel plates are, you know, uncomfortable now, but just imagine a flat plate in that carrier. It's just, uh, it's just beaten up against you. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, that's one thing that we do. So, you know, we have a, a continuous single curve plate that we offer and we don't even offer flat plates cause it's just so, so uncomfortable. Todd, let me cut you off. Cause honestly, if I, 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 I did the comparison, I, I added their stuff up. If I made theirs flat, they still wouldn't even come close to you. Like wow, that, that's, that's awesome. not what's making the difference. So if you're out there listening to this, I'm telling you, I was blown away by the the price difference. Um, And then finally, the last pro, and I think it's probably the most important one, we all shot these things and we went up to them and we, I remember Frank and I looking at each other and going, yeah, this would save your life. I mean, like, I'm not an expert, but like, I really feel this would save your life, you know, or at least give you a damn good shot at it. So, I mean, it doesn't get any Better than if you weren't wearing it. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Right. Nice. I don't I don't have anything else other than I mean, I think it's a great product. Um, you know, I, I really had trouble finding anything negative, so I had to make up a couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Todd, do you have any clarifications or additional information you want to give us or do you think we kind of covered it? Yeah, no, I think you did a great job, Mike and Frank, and uh, I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think you broke it down really good. And uh, yeah, just like I said, I'm going to get you some level four plates next. And, uh, you know, I'll let you guys uh you know, put it to the test. So 
Hey, cool. Todd, how do I get a plate signed by Steven Crowder? <laughs> I will hook you up. I will, I'll reach out to his dad. I want to put that and, on my uh, desk. Get him to sign it. I hope he gets back on YouTube here pretty soon. It's killing I, him. I heard that today, yeah. So, uh, well, I think it's time for the boys to sit around and shoot the shit. Sorry about that, Todd. I kind of cut you off in mid I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. It's all good. Um, so tonight on Shooting the Shit, we debate the difference between sports and games. So let me tell you how this came up. I was talking to someone about the shooting sports, and I started thinking to myself, is shooting actually a sport? And then I started thinking, what the hell is the difference between a sport and a game? And things came to mind like, like darts. Is darts a sport? Or like, like obviously, we know Monopoly is a game. And obviously, oh. I think most people would say football is a sport. I don't think there's any debating that, but, but there's some weird ones out there. So I, it's interesting that you said that, Mike, because when I, when this question came up, I started to think about it is, are sports games, but games are not sports. So it's funny you say this because a guy, I asked a guy at work this question because I was just like, it really intrigued me, you know? And he said something to the effect of all sports are games, but not all yes. games are sports, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it has to do with like, you know, an organized league with rules, standings. That's a sport. Yeah, but then so is bowling a sport or is it a game? It could be a game if you don't really care about the score that day. There's sport fishing. Oh. But is it a sport? Just they call it a sport doesn't mean it's a sport. Like what? So, Frank, what in your mind, what makes me it has to have these criteria to be a sport? I would say anything you do is a hobby that you can be competitive with. That competitive is the key word. Todd. So, yeah, but then a game is... You, you know, get competitive at games. That's got to be direct competition. Monopoly is super competitive, but it's a game. But mm -hmm. if it's organized, if they have a Monopoly competition and there's a grand poobah of Monopoly... Todd, what do you, Todd, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, I think... Uh, you think we're nuts for talking about this? You can tell us. <laughs> yeah, I, I was ignoring you guys, so sorry. My, my, my <laughs> Stop talking about steel plates and Todd's out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He was on the phone with Crowder. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta um, send you more Crowder plates. The one thing that the one thing that we did come up with, me and this guy I was talking about this with, is these are the criteria we kind of came up with. So you guys think of this. A sport has to be, it can't be subjective judging. So for instance, figure skating, which some would think is a sport. It's there's a judge. It's not a it's not like a I scored a point thing. It's there's a subjective judging. You can't that's not a sport because Oh wow. It's, I totally disagree. I mean that's a comp I think it's an Olympic sport for Christ's sake. Yeah, well, so you get a gold so, medal at the wait end. Wait a minute though. I, mean, I don't do so, it. But. So is interpretive dance. That's an Olympic event. Okay, fine. It's, I'll call it a sport then because I don't think that's it's a judged. Sport. No way that's a sport. Come on. Is driving a race car a sport? Has to be. Has to be, right? Physical well, okay, so race on Sunday, that's a game. That that's a match. Ah, no, but there's a clear winner in that. There's a clear winner in racing, right? True. It's not subjective at all. True. I think I think it has to be physical in nature. There has to be some physicality, right? That that fair? Okay. Yeah. I think that it can't be subjective. So anything with judging, I feel like it's not necessarily a sport. Hmm. I feel like the judging is what makes it a sport. If you're not judging it, it's just a game. Football doesn't have any judging. There absolutely are referees. No, but you. But a point is how you win. You win by scoring a point, not by someone saying you earned a point for doing a triple axle. They didn't earn that point by driving 100 yards. And but it's very clear, very clear rules. Where, Agree. 
right? I think when, that's what makes it a sport. It, it is. Mean, and it, and it, it but is. in figure skating, you and I could disagree on whether that's a better triple axel than that, and that makes it a little too subjective. But it's not competitive. It is competitive. I mean, I, I didn't Where do participation trophies come in? They should. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, I think they're finally starting to phase them out. I, I, I think I'm. I think I'm seeing less and less participation. So here's a question. I'm gonna. I'm gonna end it on this. I'll. End, I, we can go after this. Let me. I'm gonna give you a couple. Bowling, sport, or game. You got to choose. Sport. Frank. Sport. Yeah. Todd. I, sport. Okay. Darts. Sure. Sport. Sport. It's competition. You can do it. Like it, it's. It's like, your hobby. You do it all the time. It's not judgmental. And you can compete. <laughs> It's not just no, I would agree with I would agree with darts. Okay. I would agree with that. Thank God. I was getting nervous. Interpretive da- interpretive dance. Oh fuck. The greatest sport of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a sport. I don't care what anybody says. No way that's a sport. No way that's a sport. Wrestling. Sport. God damn sport. right that's a sport. Yeah. yeah, that's a sport. Yeah, that's a sport. CrossFit? Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, I'd say that's a sport. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Don't they call them the games, Todd? Yeah, yeah. I think CrossFit's a sport. It's got to be. I think it's a sport. It's physical nature, right? There's yeah. there's clear-cut scoring, Todd, right? There is, yeah. Yeah, I would call it a sport. Okay. All right, so I think, we're, I think we kind of honed it. Definitely, definitely not interpretive dance. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I'm ready to give up on figure skating is not a sport because I That's feel a like... That's a tough one because it's Olympics. You practice. It's like you got to really like... I mean, gosh, didn't you ever see like the Tanya Harding story? I felt bad for her. I mean, I feel like... What she did in the parking lot to that lady. What she did... That was a sport. <laughs> that was a sport. That might have been a game. I don't know. Oh my god. That Jesus. turned that took a turn for the worst. It totally took a turn for the worst. Oh my god. All right. Listen, I uh I want to thank Todd for being on the show. Um Todd, you gave us a lot of insight about the industry and, and, and body armor. Um I definitely think we learned a lot. I think hopefully you're out there listening, you know a little bit more about body armor and uh, you know, thank you for letting us test it. You know, it was uh, it was a pleasure to actually get to do something like that. We were all we thought yeah. we were so happy doing it. We were yeah. like little kids shooting guns, right? And Frank, thank you for uh, giving us a spot to to play. Yeah, and for that. being on, for being on the well, show, I, I appreciate. I, that. I appreciate you guys reaching out, and uh, I'm glad we were able to connect and uh, you know make it happen. So thank you. Yeah, no, we look we look forward to getting those other plates and, and giving those a shot too. That that's cool. Yeah, you got it. So to everyone listening, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media, so be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so we can keep the conversation going. Guys, thank you so much. Have a great night.